want to be empowered with the Holy Spirit? Are you in need of an uplifting message? It's time for today's Uplift, encouraging words and biblical truths to help you find freedom in the Lord Jesus Christ. We've been talking about a book, it's a series called Redeeming the Time. I think it's by uh, Rainer, Jordan Rainer. And uh, one of the things he points out that I think is fascinating is Jesus was busy, but never in a hurry. Mm-hmm. Right? So very busy yeah. guy. Very busy. Everybody wants his time. Everybody wants his attention, but never in a hurry. Mm-hmm. Doing things at the right time, you know, never never frantic with anything you know just wow that is so true yeah we can learn a lot from that oh yeah yeah jesus busy but not in a hurry also prioritize a lot he prioritized the time Mm -hmm. with the father so you know i I don't think we can use the excuse i'm too busy i just didn't have time to pray uh that was never jesus's issue right (laughs) so (laughs) that's got to be one of the priorities what we're really saying like these are like justifications we use right what we're really Mm -hmm. saying is we don't we don't trust the lord to handle our time and Mm. uh so we instead of prioritizing him we give our best to the world Mm. and so it, it ends up it ends up stressing us out right like taking us the wrong way yeah i can i can understand that you know, it's, it's my, you know, three fourths of my stress is work. And, you know, at some point it's like, is this, is it worth it? You know, the bank that owns this house says it's worth it. Just <laughs> <laughs> you know, throw that out there. The, but... the priorities are a little bit different. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yep. Hence the topic of the conversation. <laughs> but, well, well, hey guys, you know what tonight is? It's our 100th episode. I think that deserves a little uh, yeah. applause there. <laughs> Celebration. Oh, wow. Man. Yeah. That's, One... that's pretty fancy. <laughs> that is high tech. That's very high tech. <laughs> yeah. I can, uh, there's all kinds of things you can. Now, people on the um, uh, podcast are not going to be able to see it, but you, those watching on YouTube, will be able to see the little reactions that I'm oh, nice. throwing up, and uh, there's all <laughs> kinds. Yeah, there's all kinds of them. Um, but anyway, yeah, 100 episodes. We started this two years ago. Well, actually. Robert, you may not know this history, and for those, we ha- we've had quite a few new followers here recently, so let me just give a brief history. Um, last, this past Tuesday, which was the 9th, um, came up on my little Facebook uh, memories thing. Four years ago, in 2019, was the very first episode of At the Table, and At the Table... Um, was an idea that I got in the middle of the night. I woke up at about three o'clock in the morning and, you know, it's just like suddenly you wake up and I'm just laying there and like, okay, 
And I, a lot of times when I do that, when I just wake up like that, I say, okay, God, you have something for me. And I happen to do that this time. Lord, do you have something for me? Red, table, um, YouTube, and I can't, there was one more thing and I can't remember what it was. And I wrote these things down. And so I said, okay, you know, what do I do with this? What, what, what are you trying to say here? And over the next couple of weeks, I started to realize I'm supposed to be putting together this podcast called At the Table. And I got a red tablecloth, um, got a microphone, and got a camera. And I was as rigid as can be <laughs> looking into the camera. It was awful. I, I look back at it now and I think, wow, what an amateur. But anyway, um, I did that for about a year and a half or so. I don't know how many episodes. So I'm going to guess right around 50, maybe. Um, but anyway, just as, as quickly as it started, the Lord kept talking to me and saying, you know, it's going to change. So I started talking to Ian. I said, hey, would you be interested in doing podcast with me? So he was on the very last episode of At the Table. And we talked about something new coming. Then in May of 2021, we got together where we first started this podcast in uh, what we called the Fulcrum Radio Studio, um, which is in our church basement. <clears throat> and we fixed up the room, painted it, uh, put the soundproof stuff like you see behind me. We put all that stuff on the walls and and uh, we got a tablecloth that says the Fulcrum Center on it. And <clears throat> we started what we called uplift and that was in may of 2021 i don't remember the exact day now that we started it but it was may of 2021 and then on episode eight do you remember that one chad we had was a special that the one guest. Where, was that was that the one where i filled in well you didn't fill in you sat between us you were our special oh. guest Oh, and okay. You said maybe 10 words the whole time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. You didn't say much. Um, no. But, you know, we had other people on there, other guests on there, like Chad Farmer, uh, Jim mm -hmm. Um, But then in 2021, in October of 2021, Ian got sick with COVID. And I asked Chad to fill in. And I think it was four or five weeks that you filled in. And that first week, you had papers in front of you. And I remember thinking, these papers aren't going to last. God's going to start talking to him. And sure enough, the papers go away and Chad's diving in and and, make, and really contributing. And he's always saying, well, no, I'm not contributing. You two are doing it all. But no, you were you were really good. And then I talked to Ian one day and I said, look, we got to have Chad come on permanently. And Chad graciously accepted and made a huge impact on uh, the show. Um. I don't remember what episode that was that you became permanent, but um, I'm guessing it was probably around 50, maybe. I'm not sure. Uh, maybe even know. earlier. I don't remember. I remember one time very early on, I filled in for you while you were on vacation one week. Oh, yeah. Just yeah. Ian and I. And, and, and basically, poor Ian had to talk the whole time. And I was just like, uh huh, uh huh. <laughs> Because I didn't know anything to to talk about, and you know, he was talking about you know uh, uh, the prophet Elijah and all this, yeah. and 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 Elijah is probably my favorite prophet, I guess. But if, if I had to pick one, I guess. But 
it was so funny because he was sitting there telling the whole thing and he he'd just look at me and be and i'd be like uh-huh <laughs> I remember that. I think you guys did that one in the sanctuary of the church, if I remember. Yeah, it was. It was. That was pretty early. That that was that would have been in like July of of 21. I think it was, yeah, because yeah, that's probably when it was. I was on vacation during that time. Yeah. But uh and then remember we we had Wayne on there, remember the 95-year-old? Yes, yes. That's a great episode. Yeah. Yeah, Robert, you should probably go watch that one. I don't remember which episode number it was, but um, yeah. it was called it was... The Wisdom of Wayne. We were sitting in the coffee shop in Belair, which is not yet open, by the way, but uh, it's getting, cl- excuse me, getting closer. And uh, 95-year-old World War II veteran from the Navy. And man, did he have some wisdom to delve out to us that night. It was It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, we had what? What did we have? Like six people or something? Maybe I seven. Think we had six. Yeah, we had quite a few people sitting around a table. I don't remember how many, but yeah, it was um, really cool. I think it was episode seventy three. I think it was seventy three. Okay, I believe it, I believe it was. Okay, yeah, and uh, that was really good. And you know, one of my favorites is episode number two. Way back in the beginning, um, we talked about an experiment that I did when I was in eighth grade. And I remember it so clearly. And it was um, about rust getting on steel wool. We put water on the steel wool and we put it into like a container and it got rusty really fast. And then we just kind of put water on some and left it out and it turned rusty, but not as fast. And then some that had no water on it at all and put it in a container and nothing happened to it. Um, But it was, you know, we talked about how, you know, the things that you don't see still affect us. Mm-hmm. You don't see a lot of things around us, but they really do affect us. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was one of my favorites. But, um, boy, we've uh, we've had some ups and downs with this, too. Changing all kinds of equipment, going from the um, studio to full remote. And we added Robert not too long ago. Um, just uh, maybe a couple months ago, we added you as a permanent fixture that first night you were on robert i said to myself this guy's come become permanent and i waited a little bit to see if anybody said anything to me and but god kept speaking to me like you want to bring robert on you want to bring robert. so <laughs> praise god for that yeah great addition um, yeah, that was ten, 10 episodes now it, i mean not since he was permanent his first one was number 90 was it okay okay mm-hmm. yeah wow yeah oh yeah you're you're so, an old pro now yeah right yeah yeah so uh hopefully you'll be with us for the next 100 it will probably be in two years i guess because we do once a week um but also as many of you may notice that ian hasn't been with us the last two weeks or maybe three now but um due to some other ministry items that ian has got his hands in he has decided to step down uh it's just becoming time consuming so it's not to say he won't be back because he very well may come back sometime, um, but he's not going to be permanent uh, going forward, at least for now. And uh, that's okay. You know, it, that was his decision. Um, we did not kick him out. <laughs> that was his decision. I tried to talk him out of it, but at the same time, I'm talking, trying to talk him out of it. The Lord saying, let him go, Phil, let him go, Phil. So mm-hmm. we let him go, but um, we'll have him back on. As a special guest sometime or maybe even if his schedule changes maybe he can become permanent again 
So. Well, and you know, the, the fulcrum, the fulcrum work that Ian's doing and all the workshops and everything have become so yeah. well received in, yeah. in the, in the, you know, uh, in the Valley of Blaze things that they've been doing. Uh, you know, there's been such positive feedback and, you know, there's one tomorrow that you guys are doing, right? Yeah. Workshop tomorrow. Well, um, it'd be, it would be tomorrow as in the, the 13th. So people can, yeah. by the time this airs, it'll be over. But so, so on the, on, if, if you're watching this, you can go back and watch it from, from May 13th, uh, 2023, they're, they're going to have one, uh, and it'll be recorded on the Fulcrum. Yeah. The Fulcrum Center uh, YouTube page, not the same YouTube page that this one is on uplift and Bible time are actually on the Fulcrum radio uh, YouTube page, but then we also have the Fulcrum Center. Now the two are linked together. If you get to one, you just follow the link to the other one. But uh, yeah, on the Fulcrum Center page, um, we have the first two workshops that we did <clears throat> back in April, which were on hearing God's voice, and then a really powerful one on identity. And then, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry. Um, tomorrow, the one is going to be on uh, knowing your purpose in God. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm really looking forward to it. Ian and I are teaching it together. And I'm really looking forward to sharing what God's revealed to me about it. And uh, you can find that on the, the Fulcrum Center YouTube page and also on our Fulcrum Center. Um, Fulcrum Messages is what we call it, the podcast. Uh, Fulcrum Messages is uh, sermons and, and workshops and things like that that we do. And then Uplift has its own podcast and Bible Time has its own podcast. And they're all on the Podbean network but you can find them wherever you can get podcasts google apple spotify stitcher um anywhere you can get a podcast you'll find us on there yep yeah so those yeah. those 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 fulcrum center things that ian does those seminars and things they they've really taken off so yeah 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 really well received in this area and um he and i were talking couple of days ago about um what we want to do in the future and you know we're not sure what we're going to call it yet but one of the things we're going to talk about is is relationship with god you know how to establish and maintain a relationship with god um and i can't remember what the other topic was but he's also going to be doing spiritual warfare part two a little deeper dive into spiritual warfare than he did in his first spiritual warfare workshop. But uh, those will probably be coming in the fall of uh, 2023. And mm. we've also talked about doing another thing like we did after the spiritual warfare workshop last year. We had a one-day Q&A where it was not really any teaching. It was bring us your questions, and we had a panel discussion. Uh, we're probably going to do something like that maybe this summer as well mm -hmm. that's good yeah but we'll let you know on this show and in other ways as well uh we're on facebook on fulcrum center and fulcrum radio um you know you can find us on facebook go to the website thefulcrumcenter.org there's all kinds of ways to to get in touch with us mm -hmm. great so i heard you guys talking i came into came in late tonight before we started recording, heard you guys talking about um, 
people that have seen Jesus and angelic encounters. And if you don't mind, I'm just going to take another minute to share an encounter I had with an angel. I'm convinced that it was an angel. Um, I'll be brief. I had a car, a 1993 Chevy Cavalier. Yeah, 1993. Um, and it, this was probably in 2001, maybe 2002 timeframe, um, coming home from work. And my, I knew that my thermostat was going bad in the car. Because if I stopped, I'd watch that temperature gauge go like this until I hit the gas and then it would go back down. So I had to, the gas was, Chad, you could probably explain it. I can't explain it. But every time I hit the gas, the, the temperature went down. But anyway, um, it was a hot summer day. I'm coming off of Interstate 70 onto the island, Wheeling Island, if you know where that is, if you're local. Um, <clears throat> if you're not, for Robert, it's like a shortcut. You come off of 70 and then you go across this little island. And then I got, I lived up off of 250 at the time. So I come across there and I'm not paying attention. And it's a lot of traffic and I'm sitting on the ramp. And all of a sudden, I, people in front of me are going. I step on the gas and my car's not going anywhere. It's stalled. So I'm trying to start it, trying to start it, not going anywhere. So finally, I, the traffic's backing up behind me. So I just put it neutral and, and slid down the, the ramp. And in the spur of the moment, I said, God, what do I do? Turn left. Okay. So I hurry up and jump into the left lane and the light turns red. And I thought, I got to stop. So I stopped and I knew that I was going to have to push it. So I get out immediately and I wait for the light to turn green and I start pushing it. And all of a sudden I look over and there's somebody helping me push my car through the intersection. He said, you looked like you needed help. I said, yeah. So we push it through the intersection, the oncoming traffic stops and, and we, um, somebody that was behind me pulled up and got out and they pulled in front of me and they got out to make sure I was okay. So I was talking to them for a second. I said, Hey, I want to thank this guy. So I see him walk down the road and turn the corner around a house right now. There's, I think there's a KFC there or a Burger King or something, but, um, there was houses there at the time. So I said, I'll be right back. I'm going to go thank this guy. So I walk up to the corner and I turn and he's gone. And he wasn't that far in front of me. And I look at, and there's a lady sitting on the porch. And I said, did you see somebody come by here? She said, no. I said, did you see me pushing my car? She said, yeah. I said, did you see somebody helping me? No, it was just you pushing. I went, oh, come on, lady. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? So I walked back and I'm thinking, what was that? Did I just see an angel? And I'm convinced that it was. Mm -hmm. Um. Nobody's going to convince me of any other thing than other than that was an angel who just, I look over and he's pushing my car because I'm pushing it and I'm struggling. All of a sudden it's going a little faster. And I look over and I'm like, Oh, this is a young, strong guy right here. And I was about 30 at the time, but this guy was looked like he was in his twenties. Mm -hmm. And I can still tell you what he looked like too, but he disappeared or, well, <laughs> it turns out maybe I was the only one who saw him, but that. Did he look like one of the? Go ahead. Did he look like? Did he look like one of the characters from your book? <laughs> <You know? laughs> Interestingly enough, um, 
Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> so yeah, that did come out in my book a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. He looked a little bit like Shimron. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's where I was going with that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where the idea for that in my book came from. You know, mm -hmm. the who was Randall in the first book. Uh, spoiler alert here. <laughs> um, that's where the idea came from was that encounter that I had mm -hmm. 22 years ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah. See, I think people like will listen to stuff like this and they'll go, oh, come on. Like, there's going to be a lot of skeptics out there. Like, oh, sure. Like, visits. Sure, you met Jesus or talked with Jesus. But see, the reality is, if Jesus really is who he says he is, and if there really is a kingdom that is a spiritual kingdom, shouldn't there be an expectation of spirituality? Shouldn't there be an expectation that these encounters are going to happen? Yeah. Because if you if we understand anything, right, this is what's best. When you look at the Bible, that's the point yeah. of the Bible, right? God is, is breaking into humanity. And so they simply wrote down how they encountered God as he broke into our time and space, right? What, whatever he's doing in that time that, to get us. And it's, of course, it's always about redemption leading us to those things. But yeah, I mean, I think, I think there's more out there. Here's the reality. Here's the thing that is bad about the news that you can't, that you don't hear. The bad thing is they don't report anything that would be, uh, spiritual in the sense of an encounter with Christ or angelic encounters or, or the miraculous. Mm -hmm. the reality is those things are happening all the time. Yes. But because they're not reported on in the news, everybody assumes there are no more miracles. They assume there are no angelic visits. They assume Jesus is not encountering people. And that's just... That's just not correct. Like Jesus has started off encountering people after his resurrection. He's going to keep doing it, right? The two the two people on the road to Emmaus, he just appears yeah. and starts talking to them, right? And, and so we think like this is weird, but it's kind of like we, what we were discussing beforehand, right? Jesus is still on mission. Mm -hmm. his, his plan, he didn't just die for people. And then he's like, okay, now I'm not going to hang out with anybody. Now it's up to the Holy Spirit. And all that. Like Jesus... His desire is just what his name is, Emmanuel, to dwell with us, right? Mm -hmm. And so, like, and we're going to experience encounters and spiritual things that will happen. And so I, I think we just, uh, I think people just, like, they're just not looking. They're not ready. And when it does happen, the immediate thing is speculation. We try to explain it away. Because it's mm -hmm. too fantastical, mm -hmm. we're not ready for it, right? Like, wait, we this can't be, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, was, yeah. Try to was, have science prove it, or try to have that's right. something that's physical right. prove it, but you just oh, can't. There, there was a oh my goodness, there was a an older gentleman at our church, and he would always discuss this one missionary who would always tell his children, he'd always tell the congregation he'd be preaching to, or something like that, that he had faith in the Lord, that he could pour water in his gas tank and God would make it gas and it would run. Okay. Well, you know what's going to happen, right? You know. <laughs> yeah. And so no doubt on the mission field, what happens? He runs out of gas and there's no gas station around, right? And so he's sitting there and he's like, oh no, this is bad news. And 
and his son is in the back seat. His son has heard him preach this for years, right? And and so, you know, so he's like, okay, we got to go walk. We've got to get to this next town or whatever. And it's a ways off. And, and his son was like, no, dad, we don't have to do that. He's like, what are you talking about? It's like, no, there's a stream right there. <laughs> Dirty dad, water at that. Immediately, right? His dad's going, oh, no. Like, now I've got to prove what I've been preaching on, right? Like, all these years. I mean, what what is going to happen here, right? And so he reluctantly does it. But he's like, you're right, son. I've been saying this for years. And he reaches down. He he gets whatever container he has. He puts gets the water in there, pours it in his gas tank. And he's thinking in his mind, man, Jesus, if you don't do this, I'm going to have to, like, take everything apart, clean out mm-hmm. the entire system, right? And he's pouring water in there, right? And his son's like, now, Dad, you got to you might as well go ahead and get more than enough, right? Because there's no point in running out again. So he makes sure that he fills it up, right? Because his son is watching. And then and then he's just like, okay, now what? And then, then his son just keeps encouraging. Now start the engine, Dad. Here we go. Let's get out of here. And he's like, okay. And he says a prayer. Lord, I need you to start this. And sure enough, he said the engine started up and he was able to keep driving. He drove on that tank of water. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Praise God. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And so, like, you know, we, we look at that, we go, oh my, come on. Come on now, right? Like this yeah. is terrible. like, but there's there's encounters like this that happen. What where you hear these things is you've got to you've got to hear them from churches and missionaries, people who are like involved in the situation of spreading the gospel of jesus miracles are happening like they're just there Mm -hmm. and and the thing that the science community doesn't want to see like if you're an evolutionist the worst thing you want to do is study miracles right and Mm -hmm. there's there's literally thousands of miracles that happen all around the world every year that people cannot explain Mm -hmm. i'm just saying like the supernatural the assumption would be if it's real and it exists and it exists in the way that Jesus says it does, the assumption would be you'd see it. And just well, here among us, we have experienced the supernatural. Mm-hmm. You know, so, you know, if, if, if this is the case, I'm going to suggest that most people probably have. They've mm-hmm. encountered something they oh, don't yeah. know how to explain or what to do. Uh, I read a story of a lady who was driving in her van with her kids and she was, I think it was out in the Midwest. And of course the tornado comes along and she could not get away from the tornado and she actually got sucked up in it. And they're in the tornado. Oh, wow. And she is praying. She's, she's grabbing her kids. They're screaming, they're praying. And she hears a voice say, put the van in park. And like, you know, she's like, this makes no sense. I'm in the air. <laughs> Putting the van in, how does that help? Right? Like, you know, that's might as well, oh, I'll steer it too, right? Like, <laughs> like, how does this help? But she heard the voice, put the van in park. She puts the van in park and they're praying. And literally the van is laid back down on hmm. the ground without them being harmed. And when she looked up, there was a telephone pole right in front of her. Had she left it in drive, 
they would have slammed into the telephone pole. Oh, wow. And so, wow. Obviously, she considers that a supernatural experience that the Lord was telling her, hey, you want to save your life, you better put this thing in park, right? Wow. So, you know, things like this that happen. And, you know, these are fantastical situations, but there are things that happen that we just, you know, just got to realize if the supernatural is real, then you should expect encounters with Mm -hmm. the Lord because he's, he's not idle. He's not asleep. He is the living God. Mm -hmm. You know, I think you said it best there when you said that people have seen it, they just either don't want to admit it or they just weren't looking for it and didn't realize I, I could have easily said, oh, well, the guy, you know, the lady just walked out of her house and that guy just happened to go in a, the, I don't know, jumped into a car or something. I could have mm-hmm. easily explained it, but no, I know what happened, <laughs> you know, yeah. but there are people that do miss things because either they don't want to believe or they're just not looking. Yeah. It happens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was telling before before we were on came on air. I was telling Robert about a book, and I wish I still had it. I gave it to actually I gave it to Chad Farmer. Now that I think about it, it was a book about Psalm ninety one, and it and it was it had explained Psalm ninety one, and it gave all these stories of supernatural encounters. You know, you know, of, of where the Lord came to people's rescue, and and the Lord protected people, and there were angelic uh things at play and so and you now all these stories about things that happen you know andrew womack told the story about you know he was he was in vietnam he was a chaplain in vietnam oh, and, i didn't know that yeah andrew womack was a, so andrew womack was a chaplain in vietnam and he told the story about he him and his his uh, platoon leader or company commander or whatever uh they were together in the jeep and they went to a village to go and meet with somebody pray with somebody or whatever and while they were there with them the entire uh you know company of, of the enemy was there and, and was in the village or surrounded them and they they thought how are we going to get out of here alive you know we're we're just two american soldiers and i'm a chaplain <laughs> and he said how are we going to get out of here alive and they prayed they walked out of the hut and they were never seen they walked mm. out of the hut, got in the jeep, and drove away, and and not a single enemy soldier saw them. That was one wow. story, and that was a, that was one story. And you know, it's like we have to have faith, man. Yeah, and that's you want to be really, you want to be really encouraged. I don't know if you've ever read Brother Andrew's account. He's the Bible smuggler, and the thing that scared him the most about a Christian life is he didn't want to be bored. And so God gave him a job where he would have to smuggle Bibles across the enemy lines. And of course he just got bolder and bolder because he would start smuggling a few of them. And then, and then he he just got so bold. He was just like, you know what, Lord, they haven't seen the ones that I've been smuggling. He's like, I'm just going to pack the whole car full of Bibles. And he, he used to, this is what he would say. He'd come across the border and he used to say, okay, Lord, you made blind eyes see. I need you to make seeing eyes blind. Mm. 
And sure enough, they would say, oh, stop right there. And they're checking his car out. They would lift up the Bibles, right? Looking for stuff. <laughs> and then say, okay, you go, you're good. And he's like, he's like, okay, you know, this is great, right? But wow. there's one time he, he talks about where he actually got stopped. And he got stopped by these guys. They could see all his stuff. And he was like, uh-oh, <laughs> this is bad. <laughs> and they said, you need to explain this. And he said, I'd be glad to explain it. He said, if you'll go in this room with me, I'll tell you all about it. And sure enough, he, he actually went in. These guards are sitting down listening to him. He gave a whole Sunday school lesson to them, explaining what he was doing. They got so frustrated, they just said, okay, fine, just leave. Get. <laughs> he took all his stuff and went across the board. Right? Yeah. It's like, wow. These, these things were clearly illegal. Mm -hmm. You know, people have different viewpoints on this. They could be, you know, you know, you could they could be upset. Well, well, you need to smuggle Bibles. This is going against the government. Well, you know, well, I have different feelings about, you know, when the government makes rules about the Lord, I think that there's some issue. Mm -hmm. there, right? mm -hmm. God's going to do something about that in the first place. Right. But he Absolutely. was he was known as the Bible smuggler. And his book is just full of miraculous things that like he should not have been able to do the things he did. Mm -hmm. and it was just the lord uh if we have time can i share a dream Absolutely. i had yeah uh, I, i'm a i'm in full belief that i think you can have dreams you can have visions uh, sometimes the only thing that i think is the difference between the two is when you're asleep the other one you're awake right? yeah <laughs> like, a waking vision yeah right and so but i actually was wrestling and i knew a friend in college talking about a, a gentleman that was wrestling with theology and he would have, he would have, watch out for like reoccurring dreams, right? You keep getting the same mm -hmm. dreams. Yeah. Mm -hmm. happening, right? We see that in scripture too. Like Nebuchadnezzar mm -hmm. would have the same dream. The Pharaoh would have the same dream. And so these reoccurring dreams, well, this gentleman kept having a recurring dream and he'd be tossed around by the waves and he was wrestling with theology. Mm. And so, and the theology he was wrestling with what the, the Trinity he was trying to figure out the Lord, right? He's like, God, I can't understand you. And he prayed and he said, God, I just need to understand. And he said, all of a sudden, it was just all dark. Nothing but darkness, silence and darkness. And then out of the darkness came Jesus. Mm. And that was what the Lord showed him to answer that. And I, I was wrestling with, uh, with like a theology. I was trying, I was actually wrestling with what happens when you die. Like, I, I'm a believer. But I, I was starting to wrestle with this idea of soul sleep. Okay. Soul sleep is this idea like you don't go to be with the Lord. You just, you're like asleep until the rapture or whatever, until the second coming. And, uh, and so I was wrestling with this and, uh, and I wasn't sure what was, I just couldn't, I was just wrestling. And this is going to sound strange, but this dream happened and it was just, very vivid and powerful and i remember and i wasn't alone there was a couple people with me and at this point in my life i knew my father-in-law had passed away but it was it what had happened is god led me to these steps i went up these steps he opened the door the group of us went in and we were standing on like a porch a small porch and then the door would close behind us. And man, it was like brilliant. I don't know where I was. It, I, as far as I could tell, the only thing I can say is it. I don't know that it was heaven, but it looked like it. 
Yeah. It was beautiful, right? I mean, it was like the the brightest day, and yet I didn't need sunglasses, right? Like it was amazing. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. And all of a sudden, I saw my father-in-law running. Now, I've never seen this man run in my life. When I knew him, he was old. And so he was running up this path. And I'm like, what is going on? And I'm just, you know, I'm sitting here going, oh, I'm dreaming. I get it. I get it, right? Like this is, you know, I'm just dreaming. And all of a sudden, somebody asked him a theological question. They said, did God show you the stars? And I'm sitting here going, oh, somebody asked the theologian. And he started, now he was not allowed to talk. He could only motion with his hands. Mm, that's good. So that's he, important. So he was motioning how God showed him the stars. And I, it came to me, I was like, I get to ask a theological question. And I'm, I'm excited. Okay. I'm trying to think of the dip, most difficult theological question that every theologian has ever wanted to ask. And I'm going, okay, because if I get this right, God, I'll be able to write books about this. Like people, <laughs> you know, like I'm thinking this will be great. I will, that question will be answered, right? And then out of my mouth came this question and I was kicking myself. But out of my mouth came this question. Are you going to look that old forever? And I went, oh, that was such a stupid question. Like, I'm going, come on, man. Like, I was like, I could have asked any question, right? But that was the one that came out of my mouth. Clearly, the Holy Spirit wasn't going to let me ask any uh -huh. question. And so, so what was the answer? And so he just, now I've always known the man to have white hair. He just leaned over and showed me the top of his head and pulled back his white hair. And his hair was growing back black. Hmm. Oh, ah, that's awesome. And I heard the Lord say, like, he led us away. The door opened, led us away. The door closed. And I heard the Holy Spirit say this very clearly. He said, when you're born again, you're truly born again. Hmm. And I woke up and I was speaking in tongues. And, and it just solves the issue for me mm -hmm. um it was just it just solved the issue and so what was happening is from that i realized like the lord was showing that we we go to be with him like this is mm -hmm. just the way it is mm -hmm. we mm -hmm. go to be with the lord and and their soul sleep is not it, it just doesn't make any sense and and he led me to a scripture as soon as i woke up i went to this scripture where jesus said that he knew abraham and isaac and mm. when you look at verb mm -hmm. it is a present tense verb mm -hmm. it's not like he knew them in the past and they're no longer around jesus was telling everybody there he is currently in the present condition of knowing them. Mm -hmm. And that, that kind of solved the issue for me right there. I was like, well, Jesus said it in present condition. Not like he, not like, hey, I know, I, I knew Abraham and I knew, mm -hmm. you know, Isaac mm -hmm. and I knew, uh, you know, these guys of the past. No, what he was saying is he currently still knows them. Mm -hmm. Yep. And that, that so that dream was just powerful. I, I remember it just as strongly today as when I had it years and years ago. Mm -hmm. That's a lot. Like, 
Go ahead, Chad. Well, I was going to say, I was going to tell the story as quickly as I can about my, so my brother, Randy, when he was in high, when he was in high school, he, my brother, Randy, uh, he had, he had, uh, what they call it, uh, rheumatic fever when he was young and it, and it destroyed his heart valves. Well, by the time he was 16, 17, 18 years old, his heart was in pretty bad shape. So uh he he went in for congestive heart failure to the er dad ran him to the er when he was i don't know 17 years old let's say to the er because he had congestive heart failure and uh they said well you know they said you know his heart's in very bad shape we're gonna you know he's gonna have to go to cleveland clinic we're gonna have to send him to cleveland clinic and they're gonna have to do heart surgery and all this well he crashed there at the hospital and his heart stopped for like a minute or whatever. And uh, they get, they brought him back. And when, you know, they, now my dad was there in the room and they, they got him out of the room immediately when he crashed, you know, yeah. they did the crash cart thing in the paddles and all the stuff that they do. They, they got my dad out of the room, you know, well, they brought him back. And then within a period of, I don't know, whatever time, an hour or something, he regained consciousness and they he was stable again. So they allowed my dad back in the room. When my dad got back into the room, Randy was mad, like really angry. And he said, why did they wake me up from this dream? And my dad's like, well, what are you, what are you talking about? He said, you, you died. Like you crashed for however long, a minute or two minutes or whatever it was your heart was stopped. You know, you were dead for a period of time. And he said, I wish they wouldn't have brought me back. And my dad said, well, what do you mean? And he said, he said, we were, he said, we were here together. And then he said, I floated up to the top of the room. And he said, I watched all these people working on my body. And he said, then he said, I saw you leave the room. And he said, a being came and got me. And he said, we went, we went up to the light. And my dad's, you know, my dad's like, uh, okay, this is 1985. Like, you know, there's, there's not a lot of stuff on TV talking about this in 1985, yeah, right. you know, especially for people that had three TV channels or whatever. But anyway, <laughs> you know, so my, my dad's like, what do you mean? And, and Randy said, we went, we went, we went, me and this other being, we went up to the light and he said, it was the most beautiful thing that you could ever imagine. And he said, when they got to wherever they were going, he said, it was a beautiful place. And he said, there was no pain. There was no, he said, it was just the most comfortable, warm, loving, beautiful place you could ever imagine. But he said, the other being told me that it was not my time to be there. And then he said, then I just awoke back in my body again. And he told this story. And, you know, of course, I I was young. You know, I was like eight years old or something. And I'm like, ah, oh, you know, he, this is just my 18-year-old brother. And my dad was like, no. He was mad when they brought him back. He was mad that they brought him back. Mm. <laughs> and, you know, so, of course, like over the next couple of years, my brother had told that story to different people. But 
it 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 kind of changed him in a way uh, obviously it really changed him in a way but uh that was b- between ian thornton's encounter which i know he's talked about on here in past episodes mm-hmm. and, and and my brothers those being the two personal encounters that that i've i've ever known and it, it gives you something i think to encouraging you know for people that you know that passed away and of course you know none of us live forever but to hear my brother tell that story uh and and it it affected my dad a lot too you know and 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 positively because i think it it gives gives us hope that you know obviously we we believe in this we believe in the lord and we believe in 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 heaven and all these things and that gives us something uplifting yeah to to look forward to that it's real that it's real absolutely Mm -hmm. wow yeah you know i said uh that it was important that he didn't speak um i had right after my dad died in 2012 had lots of dreams about him um i mean like not every night but you know over the three or four year period probably five or six dreams which i consider to be a lot um anyway and none of them would he speak, not a single one. And finally, I, I got upset. I was like, God, why is he not speaking? And the Lord told me, he says, the dead do not speak. Mm. And that made me realize that if you have a dream where someone dead is speaking to you, it's probably not from God. It's probably right. demonic right. because the demonic can speak to us in dreams too. So I often caution people you know like oh i had a dream about my grandma and she was talking to me like yeah be careful of that because you know it might not have been it's not really your grandma if she's passed on she's with the lord as you said robert you know she's with the lord so i don't know just something to think about i'm not dogmatic on that at all but uh it's what the lord told me when i asked why my dad wasn't speaking in these dreams because i wanted to talk to him you know but his time had come so anyway um, that's, you know, that's the thing, like everything, everything we talk about, it should always be weighed out with scripture. Absolutely. As our, as our revelation, right? If it's not lining up with scripture, it's not from the Lord. Absolutely. And, yep. You know, and so, but, but God tells us in scripture, we see his encounters with people. We see. Absolutely. Yeah. Every time he encounters somebody, it, it changes their life. It's, you know, this is, you get, how do you, how do you take apostles who are scared, who Mm. are going back to their original jobs, hopeless and depressed, right? And all of a sudden, in a few days, they're completely different. Mm -hmm. They are people who will die for this thing. When three days ago, right? Three days ago, they're fishing, going, well, that was fun, right? We had great (laughs) three years, right? Or whatever, right? Right. I mean, it's like, I, I hate that it's over. I don't know what to do. And then all of a sudden, and and weren't willing to die for this this man, right? They did not they did not go through trial with him. They did not die with him. And and then all of a sudden, something happens, and they leave those jobs again. They go back to preaching Jesus, except they preach a resurrected Jesus. Mm-hmm. And there, this time, it's their whole life. 
Their whole life is committed to this. They don't care what punishment they go through. They don't care how badly it hurts. They don't care because something made it worth it. And I'm going to say what happened in those days. Well, I think the scripture obviously alludes to that. Jesus really did raise from the dead. Absolutely. Not only did he raise from the dead, but he showed that he did to these men. And Mm -hmm. he showed that it was worth it. Yeah. And, And look at Paul. Yeah. 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 Look at, I mean, look at how it changed him. Yeah. And I mean, he didn't even walk with the man. Yeah. He goes from wrecking families, literally murdering, you know, families and wrecking them, destroying them, trying to literally destroy this religion of Christianity to becoming a believer. Mm-hmm. What happens? <laughs> Jesus. Exactly. An encounter with Jesus changes your life, right? Well, hey, guys, uh, we went over a little bit tonight, but that's quite all right. It was a special night. And man, this was was really good getting Mm -hmm. all these uh, different dreams and testimonies. And uh, I'm glad we uh, glad we did this. You know, we for those that are watching or listening, we really didn't come in with a plan. We just knew we were going to talk about it being the 100th episode, and we just kind of went from there, and sometimes that's the best, but uh, God is good. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all that we shared and all that we were trying to teach and hope it was uplifting, but more importantly, we just want you to know it's for you too, mm-hmm. not just for the, the 12 that walked with Jesus or the 11, it's or just Paul, you know, it's, it's for us too. Mm-hmm. And God, you know, he's real. And encounters with him are real. Yeah, and, and the, amazing. And and the Roberts point, it, it this is scriptural, and we should expect it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. So that's all part of renewing your mind. Mm-hmm. You know, Romans twelve two. I, I told Ian earlier this week. I said I wish Romans twelve two was in more than just one place because it's so important that we know that we need to renew our mind, but. Anyway, oh, yeah. God knows what he's doing. <laughs> well, so, and that's important because it's how you process it, right? So yeah, if you're, if you're not expecting it, you don't believe in the supernatural, you're still going to have an encounter with God. Absolutely. You're going to have a supernatural event that comes, and and then you're not going to pro- you may not process it correctly because you don't know what to do in the natural world with a supernatural event. Mm-hmm. Amen. Right. So, yeah. but those who are believers or those who are ready for the supernatural, they, they understand God exists. They understand they can have an encounter with him. They understand Jesus is real. It's, you're going to process it differently. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right, guys. Well, we'll be back next week. Thanks yep. for joining in tonight and I uh, hope everybody enjoyed it. And thank you, Robert and Chad and for everything. It's been wonderful. Yep. Here's to another 100 episodes. All right. (laughs) We're in. All right. Good night, everyone. Night. Night.